0: Hello, this is Ben Eshmade and welcome to the third episode in King's Place's Strong Women, Strong Voices podcast series. In this edition, we speak to writer and comedian Amy Annette. On Monday the 24th of April, she'll celebrate the King's Place premiere of her new comedy talk show, What Women Want, together with her comedy friends, Jessie Cave, Lolly Adafope and Tom Allen. They'll be talking misconceptions, misadventures, misogyny and mystique, the feminine one. Amy joined us at King's Place to tell us more about the concept of her show and the theme of this episode.
1: So if we take the title, What Women Want, what inspired you to to ask such a big question?
2: I guess because I think it's funny that that is a phrase that people use casually, as if there is one type of woman who wants one type of thing and therefore you could apply that to all people. This sense that this sort of norm is maybe a certain type of guy and you're like, but what do women want? And there's a sense that you could know. So I think that's part of it. I guess also it's a common phrase. So it felt like something we could use. And also I quite liked that it had the word women in it and not necessarily the word feminist, even though it is a feminist show, because I really believe in womanism and all the other types of feminism. I don't think there's, you have to call it feminism. So I wanted that to be in the title.
1: Let's hear a clip from a previous event.
3: There's cool princesses yeah. who do stuff. And I remember, like, I was really into, well, doll's revolting rhymes. Because I mean, that was the first time I was like, oh, my God, these are fairy stories. But, like, Red Riding Hood has a, a pistol. Like, that yeah. was like, oh, my God. I remember being excited that they were female characters, but they seemed to have more power than mm. I was used to because I was obsessed with fairy tales. When I read the Grimm's Brothers one, that was like, and then she died. yeah, yeah, And all her children died. And her <laughs> feet turned to glass. And you were like, oh, okay.
1: You've already done this uh, at the Edinburgh Fringe and in other places. Um, so I suppose my question was, have you started to find to find out answers?
2: Uh, no. no. <laughs> uh, yeah, lots and lots of different answers. Probably one answer, which is that, my sort of central thesis, that isn't really one thing that all women want. And to sort of challenge the way that even hardened feminists might consider that there's one or two things that all women want. When it comes to sort of cultural and sort of personal decisions about, you know, body hair, that sort of thing. Of course, there's certain like rights and freedoms we all want. Yeah, I think something that's really interesting that we've always come across is that people who spend a lot of time, comedians, let's say, thinking about themselves, observing themselves, often find within the conversation they sort of realise things they hadn't really thought they thought if you know what i mean they didn't realize they thought certain truths was evident about all women they they sort of challenged themselves and kind of come out of it thinking a slightly different way
1: have you started to sort of think about or it's become apparent where our modern ideals are coming from whether they're from our parents or whether they're from the from the media or the film industry
2: i think that's a great question i think something that we think a lot about or something i find myself saying a lot in the talk is don't worry if you don't know because Until 1974, in America, a man needed to co-sign for a woman to open a bank account. These freedoms, these sort of cultural freedoms, are quite new. And I have a friend who was on the show, Camille Yuchan, and she's getting married, which is fantastic. But yeah, we had a conversation on stage in Edinburgh. What does that mean for a young woman to say she's happy to be married, to be getting married? Why Why is she confused about that sense? And I, and that makes a lot of sense. A lot of our culture is about don't take his name, maybe don't get married. You know, these, these senses of what it is to be a feminist. Of course, it's confusing because I don't even know. The 80s, people would call you a bastard if you were born out of wedlock. Mm. You know, there are people very much in living memory now living about who can't believe that you don't have to get married anymore. So it's all really new. So I think a lot about what the show is for is to platform the conversations we're all having as we try to figure it out and say don't worry if you don't know here are some things I feel and sort of elevating that to a show that you have to come to and hear comedians who are good at talking talk about means I hope I'm taking conversations that I think women have all the time and not just women people have all the time with their friends trying to figure these things out and saying that's a valuable point of view and that's just as worthy in the sort of cultural conversation you're part of as what you read in the media or know from your parents
1: maybe as well with feminism for a long time that was about fighting against everything and maybe that's slightly different now.
2: Yeah that's interesting because I guess some people a lot of women particularly I guess in second wave feminism it was a fight but it was also a way of life but then I guess in a sort of circular theory it was meant that your way of life was a fight basically. (laughs) Yeah I, I definitely think the sort of Emma Watson style feminism, you're asked to think of feminism as sort of an identity alongside the kind of music you like. So I like Rihanna, I am a feminist. And those are two things you might put on your profile next to each other. I don't believe it's apolitical at all, but it certainly isn't grounded in political theory in the way that I think for a long time people thought feminism had to be.
1: You're making me also think of the Spice Girls, who, who I thought gave feminism a slightly bad name because they, they had such a confused message. That they, they said the slogan, girl power, but I'm not actually sure what that meant.
2: Yeah, I, I know. It's hard. I think in retrospect, you can say that. But at the time, the Spice Girls were this amazing thing. They were a cool group of women who apparently didn't really care about what you thought of them if you were a young person at that time listening to music it was the Spice Girls were your option or like Backstreet Boys or you know I'm trying to think of the alternatives with these sort of like anodyne controlled I mean obviously the Spice Girls were controlled and isn't it interesting when you think of the Spice Girls they monetized sort of a rebellion for pop music in a sort of but you're right, they were so beautiful. And though my uh, Nish Kumar, who was on the podcast, has a line about how they were really, they were bad. They were so bad because, you know, they had one member who wasn't white and she was called Scary Spice and she wore leopard print. You know, there are certainly things that we can that beg, analysing rather, in the future. But no, I, I generally think they were quite a positive thing. I thought they were positive when I was younger.
1: Could you maybe talk more widely about the the format itself of, of, of the evening
2: i have said that it is sort of a combination of a literary event and a comedy event and so every show has a topic so be it beach body ready be it to have it all be it to uh, a man to have and to hold and then two or three comedians talk to this to the subject so they explain their own point of view on it maybe they have stand-up that fits it i talk about it and then i interview them and then by that point there's normally some conversation that the audience want to have too so it goes open to the floor
0: time now for another clip
3: because i am super girly like i i could give a lecture on foundations or cleansers like and i find my i find i have to apologize for that sometimes mm. like people are like oh you know oh that's very embarrassing that you as a feminist know that much about makeup and it's like But why? Why? I just really like it. I really like being girly in a way that I didn't when I was younger. I don't equate that with princessness. I just equate that with needing to get good at concealer.
2: I published a book in 2016 called I Call Myself a Feminist, which was an anthology of, or a collection of essays by young women about why they call themselves feminists. And with that, we did loads of literary events. We went around sort of literary festivals. And what was really obvious in those literary festivals even though this was a book about young people talking about feminism, we basically became the one-stop shop of feminism. So someone, I think someone asked us, what did we think of the Marxist dialectical in terms of modern feminism? To which we were all like, I don't know, my essay is about body (laughs) care. You know, it was a real, it's a real moment to be like, okay, there's a lot of people who want to talk about these things. And currently we're the only place that opens up for that. I know there's an appetite to talk about it on all sort of levels, be it Camille, who I referenced before, talking about, we talk about the sort of parts of your body that you feel like are in conversation with the world, like behind your back. So for me, I say, I think it's my womb. Like I think wombs are these, you know, something that's so personal to you. And yet there's so many people having conversations and passing laws and having just however, whatever your opinions on that are. There's no doubt that a woman's aspects of a woman's body are not totally her own. You don't have total control over them. But she said it was her, I don't know if I can say this on the King's Place podcast, uh, a vagina. Because she felt like there's so many opinions on what it should or shouldn't be that even her mum and her sister had made fun of her at one point. Like, you know, there's that sort of humorous revelations and we don't really get into the Marxist dialectical.
1: Where does the men's point of view come into this?
2: Yeah, the question I try very hard not to have anyone in the audience ask at the end. Well, because it's called What Women Want, in many ways, that is actually a question asked for and by men over many years. So that's, to be honest, it's it's not at all exclusionary. I, I seem to always have a guy on us, on the stage with us, uh, someone who identifies as a man. There's always someone like that on the stage because I think it's really important to open the conversation. And because, to be honest, that's just the, that's the obvious question asked by audiences if you don't have someone representing that viewpoint on mm. the stage. Yeah, I mean, there's so many pat answers to that. You know, the What Women Want is a great film by Mel Gibson. It's also a great question to ask your people in your life whether or not they are, uh, you know, women or not.
1: Have you thought about what topic you'll be exploring at this event?
2: Yes, very happy to reveal only on this podcast that uh, the topic for the King's Place show on April 24th will be What Women Want is to be Just One of the Guys... Which is in part a reference to a very good Jenny Lewis song called "Just One of the Guys," but it's also a kind of it's going to be a conversation about fitting in, not fitting in. It's also going to be a sense of there's a lot of conversation I find interesting about people saying be more like men, you know, like don't worry about these Spice Girls are a good example. They were ladettes, so there's that sort of conversation, and there's also the sort of Sheryl Sandberg and the critique of Sheryl Sandberg, which is like lean in cry and tell people you cry because you're angry not because you're weak you know there's lots of critiques to that because it's a very certain type of woman there's also just like embarrassing things that i have done to fit in with my friends and i think there's going to be a lot of conversation from like Jessie cave who's going to be one of our guests uh, she has two children one's a girl one's a boy like i think there's a lot of conversations about mm. what does it actually mean to admire or be in reaction to maleness in society
1: you mentioned Jessie there. Could you talk about the other guests you'll have on the evening?
2: Yes. So we have Jessie Cave, who is an amazing uh, actor, comedian. She does these brilliant shows that she's uh, done at the Soho Theatre and all around the country. Bookworm, I think, in the other one called And I Loved Her. And they're just so honest and so funny. And really modern, whatever that word means. Tom Allen, who is... You may know from Live at the Apollo or A.F. Castle's Countdown. He's so funny. He's so clever as well. And I think he'll be a really interesting addition to the panel. Also, he does a podcast with someone else called Susie Ruffell, who's been on the show before, called Like-Minded Friends. So he's very used to talking about his emotions, which (laughs) is great. Uh, And then Lolly, uh, another old friend of mine, Lolly Adafope. She's also a comedian and actor. She's done stand-up shows in Edinburgh and Lolly and Lolly 2 and all of them are people who I've spoken to before about this Mm. this sort of topic and anyone at any time is happy to have this kind of conversation and that's why I think people are attracted to the format because you can't really be wrong because you're talking about your personal experience Mm. which I think is a unique space to be in when you're sometimes talking about any sort of political ideology.
1: What do you think people take away from it? What do you think the audience gets from an evening like this?
2: So there'll be more questions and more things you want to talk about. And if you're coming for a mixture of comedy and uh, big thoughts, you're going to have a great time because that's entirely what we promise and deliver.
3: The only dude around her is a snowman.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that is going to fill you that circle, right? <laughs> that is going to cause you trouble. Try to get some emotional warmth from him. <laughs> you can. He's so funny. That's his character.
3: He comes he comes alive later, but I actually thought this was a talk about Frozen. That's what he's <laughs> <laughs> I would like all
2: your answers from now on just to be as if I'd ask you a question about (laughs) Fred. Happy to do it. Okay. (laughs)
0: Thanks to Amy for speaking to us. What Women Want featuring Amy Annette, Jessie Cave, Lolly Adafope and Tom Allen takes place on the 24th of April in King's Places Hall 2. Full details can be found at kingsplace.co.uk forward slash what women want. The next episode in the Strong Women, Strong Voices podcast series features celebrated world musician Moore
1: Kabassi.
2: In a way when you have more choice it's more difficult to to find your sound. I had to really look for it and kind of immerse myself in many, many different musical styles until in the end I had to create something of my own.
0: I'm Ben Eshmade and you've been listening to a King's Place podcast. You can find and follow us on Twitter at King's Place and Facebook forward slash King's Place. Thanks for listening.